Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Andy Paul and Steve back on TC Live. Make tennis.com your online information source during the road to Roland Garros. Right now, Steve Digner on Riley Opelka and Belinda Bencich launching their clay seasons in the best way possible. Plus, Make your picks in the Monte Carlo edition of the Match Point Predictor. You can also find new episodes of Warm and Fuzzy. Here's one with Grigor Dimitrov. I live by the water, so I love being on the water. Yeah. I have a friend. We always like, get out on a boat, and yeah. we, we get like, a bunch of toys, like jet skis. And, <laughs> uh, I love like racing cars, yeah. motorcycles. Luckily, I cannot do everything at the same time. But, but these feel like competitive intense activities mm. maybe you're just wired this way because this is a competitive intense sport. i love adrenaline yeah you know i love adrenaline and i i always had to i felt like i always had to find a balance in between um because it was just at some point it was like just too much i was yeah. like yeah. like i need it i need it i need it and then i was always trying to find a different outlets for it i think plus i'm maturing i just turned 30 so a little bit more mellow i, I suppose Best wrist candy in the game. All of our awesome, warm, and fuzzy segments available on TennisChannel.com and the Tennis Channel app. When we come back, former Monte Carlo champs Stan Wawrinka and Fabio Fonini in action today. Would they prevail in the Principality? enough with any amount of consistency maybe a step slower couldn't really find the defense but that's not what's important what's important is that we're celebrating a guy who brought a lot of life to the game had a lot of big accomplishments he was one of the guys in that run where who could actually take out uh you know the big three the big four in big matches and and so we we tip of the cap to joe wilford i hope uh i hope he's happy on this this last run yeah, the, the next chapter's got to be fun for him. I know it's been frustrating for him to deal with the back situation, hasn't been able to stay healthy. And like Andy said, time to celebrate what he's done. What he's done has been a huge disruptor and also had a great career. Ten titles in his home country of France, right? Eight others, so he's had a nice career, a few injuries here and there. But Andy summed it up. One of the few guys that not only could beat the big three or big four, he could beat him and did beat him in one tournament. And, and that doesn't happen. It's one thing to beat one of those guys, but I was in uh, the Canadian Open one year when uh, Joe Wilfred Sanger went on a run and he took everybody out and he was a dynamo. But right now, let's just enjoy what, what we see because we're not going to mm-hmm. see it for much longer. He should have a great next chapter. Turns 37 on Sunday, so we'll celebrate that. And uh, listen, do you remember the last American to win in Monte Carlo? Uh, a win a match or win the <laughs> win the title, <laughs> uh, Andy? Do, not, do you Andy remember? Know that? I, I would be guessing. I, I I don't know. I don't think it happened during micro. Maybe Jim Courier. Did he ever win it? I, I'll give you Andre? all a hint. Hugh Stewart, back in 1956. Good old that, Hugh. That was my second guess. Southern California kid. 
93 year old now. Uh, four Americans made the trip to Monte Carlo this year. Will Seb Corda and the drought making his debut. His father Peter won the doubles title in 1990. And Paul taking on Botic Van de Zanschel. Yeah, nice to see Seb over in Europe hitting the ball well. He said, uh, Dean Goldfein told me they've been working real hard to get him ready for the red play. Such a great ball striker. And today did a wonderful job in the return games. He broke five times, pressured Van de Zanschel second serve, won 60% of the second serve points returning. Got broken a few times, but the good ball striking from the back of the court translated well. It was warmer and sunnier. The ball was going through the court this afternoon, not like tonight for Joe Wilford Sanga, but a terrific first win for Seth Gorda. Converted five break points and joined Master P on our desk after. Bit of a battle there in the first, but a nice one to get through. Yeah, first first win on clay for the year. It's uh, it's always good to get kind of your feet going a little bit, and just happy with the way I, I kind of stuck in there, battled my way through it, down a break in both sets, and yeah, just very happy. Well, how about Corda with some early success on the dirt? Got that lone title in Parma last year, fourth round Roland Garros. Remember that in 2020, a winning record. Doing well. Saved a set point in the first. Rallied from a breakdown in the second. He will take on Carlos Alcaraz. Rematch from last year's next-gen final. But first, Borna Chorich playing on a protected ranking after shoulder surgery last May. Taking on Yannick Center for the first time. Chorich made the quarterfinals here three years ago, Andy. Good to have him back. Yeah, and that angle that Center just hit was sick. But Chorich is trying to get into these matches. He wants these long rallies. Get some rhythm back. And right there we see center pull up a little bit. It looks like almost like a stomach or maybe even something deeper, like a psoas muscle. Uh, I'm a doctor, Steve. Don't worry about it. Um, but you see these these longer rallies. Uh, center did a good job. He dropped the second yeah, set here. Torch, we always know, is a, he's ready for the competition. He's ready to kind of get into a, a bit of a dirty match. But center actually did, a, did something pretty better in here, right? Gets through, knows he's been struggling a little bit, gets the crowd into it, tries to shift the energy of the match a little bit. It's not something I've seen him do kind of that often a little bit. You see him go to his box again, and how's that manifest itself? Torch getting a little frustrated, maybe feeling them the moment a little bit early in the third set. And from there, I thought Sinner hit his best patch of the match. You see him switching directions on that forehand, kind of holding it to the last second, making Torch commit to the movement, and then going after it again. This was a gutsy effort. You know he wasn't feeling 100%. Kind of used the crowd, a little bit of gamesmanship in a good way, not in a bad way, but got through a good win for Sinner. So Yannick Sinner gets the win. Let's take a look at some other scores from Monte Carlo today. As players advancing include Alex Demonor, straight set victor. Diego Schwartzman, he's got a lot of wins in Monte Carlo. Takes out Corinne Hatchinoff. You just saw Hubie Hercoc get the victory. And Federico Del Bonis pulling off the win against Munar. Much more still to come here on TC Live. Don't go anywhere. We're talking temper tantrums on the ATP Tour. Will a new statement from the chairman change anything? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Welcome back. Coming up Tuesday, 7 a.m. Eastern on our Valley Sports Regional Networks and T2. You can see Max Cressy, who got a lucky loser spot in Monte Carlo, taking on Laszlo Jera, and then Aslan Karatsev battles Holger Rune. Well, Fabio Fonini grew up just a 40-minute drive across the Italian border from Monte Carlo, won his first Masters title there in 2019, taking out Rafa Nadal in the semifinals before raising the trophy. Fonini has more wins at Monte Carlo than any other Masters event and look to add to that against Arthur Rinderknecht today, Paul. Yeah, a tough battle out there, but Fabio has a lot of good vibes and a lot of good history here in Monte Carlo. Big battle on the first set, but Fonini did a good job getting through that first set, 7-5. Had to give Rinderknecht some good credit in the second when nowhere tried to come forward, tried to break up the rhythm and the patterns from Fonini at the back of the court and really did a good job doing that with drop shots like this coming forward, bringing Fabio forward. But in the third set, I don't say this often, Steve, but Fabio regrouped mentally, was right there, did a great job getting the momentum early. That freed him up at the beginning of the third set. And once again, good vibes all around for the Italians. So many great memories. And today, a solid effort in three. Don't say it often, but when you do... It adds extra meaning. Fabio Fonini moving on. He will face the reigning champion, Stefano Tsitsipas, next. Another former champ on the comeback. San Juarica won Monte Carlo in 2014, taking out Roger Federer for his only Masters title. Back then, Stan, the man, was number three in the world. Now he's down to 236, playing his first ATP Tour match since last March after two surgeries on his left foot, starting well against Alexander Bublik, Andy. Yeah, and he needed a good start. You always kind of want to play from ahead when you're coming back from an injury. Uh, you know, what we're looking for here is the movement. It looked yeah. good in the first set, was able to kind of get the air from Bublik there. A little bit of a tricky matchup when you're coming back. You're not exactly hitting a lot of predictable balls, but he can smell the finish line right here. Break point. Would give him the break so he could potentially serve it out, but it uh, wasn't meant to be. Bublik did a good job uh, hanging in there, and you see forehands like the second one here. The one he tries to pull inside, when you're playing well, those are automatic. When you're kind of struggling, coming back from being off a while, they become a little tougher, and, and you might sprinkle in some airs. Uh, Bublik did a great job of competing, uh, coming in, giving Stan different looks here, and you can see Stan's movement went a little bit by the wayside the further the match went along. Uh, right there, he said, uh, you know, no Moss, not going to go after that one. Uh, but a great first start, and Stan has to be a little frustrated because he was so close. He was probably had to feel like he was three or four minutes away from potentially winning this match. Ultimately, it goes down. Good fight from Bublik, and uh, hopefully we kind of start to see that progression from Stan Wawrinka. Most importantly, it's good to see him back on the court. Yeah, well, Rinka said, I'm still far away from where I want to be, but I think I'm going in the right direction. As for Bublik, he said lots of things to Prakash after. Stan came out with a strong first set. Second set looked like it could have gone his way. What was the turning point for you to be able to turn it around? Uh, he was not fit enough. That's it. Because, I mean, the only say I said it four times. I'm going to say the fifth time now. I wish him the speedy recovery because I didn't deserve to win this match. As simple as that. Because I was not, I mean, it's clay court. I'm, I'm running like an elephant, you know. I cannot stop. I cannot explode. I cannot do anything. So, yeah. I mean, at least guys love it. I can make this comment sitting with you here. But, yeah. We, I all hope, we all hope that he's going to be back on top of a game very soon. Maybe three months from now, yeah. three and three. Thank you very much. This is and I'll go peacefully to the beach. And that's it. Brutal honesty, and this is why we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Running like an elephant. Uh, Paul, what's your reaction here in that? 
No, look, I mean, he's trying to be uh, a frank and honest about it. And when he said, I didn't deserve to win the match, of course he did. He hung around long enough to find a way. He, what he was saying was San was the better player for the majority of the first two sets, but that's why you hang in there. And for Sasha Bublik, we always love to hear what he has to say because it's entertaining like that. But, uh, look, Stan's got to play his way back into shape and a pretty fair assessment about the fitness. And Stan's trying to get there by getting the matches under his belt. Yeah, I, uh, I don't often leave those interviews going, I wonder what Bublik really meant. <laughs> that doesn't really happen that often. But, listen, when Stan says, hey, you know what, I'm close, but I'm not quite where I want to be, Bublik says, you know, he couldn't quite close enough. He's not quite where he wants to be. Makes my job as an analyst pretty easy. He's not quite where he wants to be, but hopefully he can take something away from that first set. Listen, you were five minutes away from a win. It didn't end up working. If I'm if I put on my coach's hat, if I was even close to as good of a coach as Paul Anacone, I'd be saying let's take the positives. For the majority of the match, I think you were the better player. Let's just close it out next week. That's our goal. And listen, let's play one match at a time. Let's try to get into the tournaments. We're playing two and three matches. Our goal is Roland Garros. I encourage everyone to log on to Twitter, Tennis Channel's Twitter, and watch the entire seven-minute interview Prakash had with Alexander Bublik. Some really good stuff there. Uh, we enter the social net now, and how about this? Congratulations to Tatiana Maria. Won the Bogota title yesterday as a qualifier. And look at this, a photo, Paul, with her husband and two kids. What's better than that? I mean, what a great way to get through, celebrate it with the family as a qualifier. The smiles are abound for everyone. And uh, good celebrations, huh? Yeah, and it's, it's a beautiful thing in our sport to see that, like, your next big result could be right around the corner. Ten days ago, there's no way she thought, you know what? I'm going to win a title this week, and here it is. That's why you lace them up. That's why you play them, Steve. First mother of two this century to lift a WTA trophy. Uh, we have recently seen Alexander Zverev, Nick Kyrgios, Jensen Brooksby behaving badly on court, nearly hitting bald people with their rackets for Zverev threatening a chair umpire. Well, the ATP chairman, Andrea Gadenzi, put out a letter saying they would take a stricter stance on these incidents. Andy, uh, what do you make of this? Do you think this is actually going to work? Well, listen, it's like, it's like putting sanctions on people, right? The more it costs, the less, like you, less likely you are to, to react. I think the biggest thing that needs to happen is that first suspension drops where someone does something like almost hit a ball kid or almost hit an umpire, and then you hit him with a suspension for a month, I guarantee you that makes the players think twice. Uh, and listen, this also gives the umpires the authority to not be controversial when they say, you know what, that's too far, right? He is backing up his umpires, which is important. Yeah, I think it's great that they're stepping up. And look, the rules are in place. Now you just have to enforce them. Stuff happens, but you have to be responsible. That throw from Nick was very, very fortunate. Uh, the one from Sasha Zverev was more deliberate. That one from Jensen Brooksby was a little bit unlucky. But look, it doesn't matter. You have to be responsible for how you act. And if you can't act the right way, at least follow Andy Roddick on Twitter and learn <laughs> how to throw your racket properly. It was done today in Monte Carlo, Andy Roddick. And I'm very proud that someone's listened to you throw it face down. Listen, I'd be hypocritical if I told someone not to throw the racket, so I'm not going to do that. But also, you want to keep people safe, right? That, that's the thing. It's First I don't foremost. have a, like listen. We're, we're just breaking our own stuff out there. I don't really have a problem if someone breaks their own thing, but just do it in a point where we're not threatening umpires and certainly 
not the ball kids who are 13, 14 years old out there doing us a solid. Don't put them in danger. Right now, these are just words. We'll, we'll see if actions follow because that's the only thing that's going to stop anything. Suspensions, real suspensions, and, and mega fines. Well, let's take a look at our schedule on Tuesday. We've got live coverage beginning 5 a.m. Eastern from Monte Carlo on our Bally Sports Regional Networks and T2 at 7 a.m. Eastern. The three of us on TC Live follows the action and encore coverage all night long from the Principality. Anakon and Roddick Weissman back on TC Live. Our hot shot of the day. Paul, as you know, real G's move in silence like Bonini. Oh, just beautiful movement. Look at Fabio here sliding like Chaz Michael Michaels and just sits the slice backhand down the line on the full stretch. That is athleticism. Always fun to watch is Fabio Bonini. A true thing of beauty. Our featured matches coming up on Tuesday. We've got Daniel Evans in action. He's the man who beat Novak Djokovic last year in the third round. How about the world number one playing his second event? Takes on Alejandro Davidovich-Fokina. Taylor Fritz in action against the local wild card. And Fabio Fonini takes on the defending champion, Stefano Tsitsipas. Speaking of Novak Djokovic, his road to the title starts with Alejandro Davidovich-Fokina. And for a preview of all the action, let's get back to Monte Carlo. Danny and Prakash. All right, Steve, back here at the DraftKings Tennis Channel desk. Pete, top seed Novak Djokovic is back on the tour. He's only played three matches in three months, but you got a chance to catch up with him, him in Monaco. How do you expect him to do against Alejandro Davidovich-Fokina? Well, well, look, we're not really worried about the tennis here. It's just mentally, how is he going to adjust having not played any matches? I got into the gym Saturday night, late night. As soon as I got in, who's the first person I see? Novak Djokovic. I mean, the man looks hungry. We got a chance to catch up. And for him, it's all about positivity, positivity, positivity. I'm going in every single moment here, being as positive as I can. The past is the past. So for him, just a little bit of time. I think he's going to be good to go. I cannot wait to see him out there. It's going up on a Tuesday over here in Monte Carlo, Steve. Love it. Is that a long sleeve polo that Prakash is wearing, or is that a long sleeve under a polo? I'll tell you what, he's just <laughs> setting trends every single day. Amazing stuff. All right, here is the uh, projected road to the title for the two-time champion in Monte Carlo. Could face Daniel Evans again in round three, who he lost to last year. Carlos Alcaraz. Potential quarterfinal will be their first ever meeting. Kasparud, maybe Zverev or Tsitsipas in the final. The world number one. Talking about being back on tour for the second time this year. I miss competing. You know, I miss tournaments, obviously. I still feel motivated to compete uh, with the young guys and trying to challenge, challenge them and fight for one of the biggest trophies in our sport, obviously, Monte Carlo. And, of course, I have... You know, I've been very sad to be away from the tour, but um, here I am. You know, I try to try to live whatever has happened in the last few months behind and learn from it and use that as a fuel. All right, Andy, the one time that we saw Novak this year, he lost in the quarterfinals to Yuri Vesely. He is 2-1 and one on the season, could potentially see Carlos Alcaraz in the quarterfinals. How much do you want to see that? 
Oh, I, I, listen, I, I, we'll get out the popcorn and uh, tune in for that whole thing. But I, I think this draw is a good one for Novak Djokovic. What he wants is extended rallies, someone to not come in and kind of play awkwardly. He gets a, you know, a righty, someone that's going to play a, a lot of balls, put a lot of balls on the court, not going to come out and kind of blow him off the court with one, one shot there with Davidovich Fokina. I know Dan Evans beat him last year in Monte Carlo, but I still like that matchup. He's going to get a hit a lot of returns. He's going to be in the return games. And then, listen, I hope we see that Alcaraz matchup because I actually think that might be beneficial for Novak, a match kind of early in the clay court season, but that there's a lot of hype around, right? You get those kind of nervous energies going again where you can kind of put a chip on your shoulder and say, oh, if you're the next one, listen, I'm still here. I think that actually could be a good thing for Novak moving forward through this clay court season. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, I think so. Look, I think Novak has played so long and played so well for so long. He's not going to need a ton of tennis to get confident again. Um, his game is so shored up. He takes such a good job, does such a good job of his body that I think he's going to be in great shape. It's a matter of getting a little bit of rhythm. And uh, look, the Alcaraz-Djokovic matchup could be a lot of fun, and let's hope that we get to see it. Speaking of a lot of fun, Djokovic uh, doing a little warm-up, a little soccer playing there in the south of France with Neymar and the guys from Paris Saint-Germain. How about this? Neymar, tennis fan, and, and, and Djokovic, uh, well... A few skills, Andy. Hey, listen, he, he, they, they know he wasn't there for his soccer skills. But, I, I listen, Novak's always up for, for, for kind of a good joke, right? He wasn't scared to miss it and look weird on camera. Hey, props to him for getting in there and kicking it around with the guys. And cool that uh, Neymar and, and the boys from the soccer world are, are coming over and showing their support also. Listen, we were talking before the show. Andy's played Monte Carlo a couple times. Paul, you were there for some doubles but he didn't go that often. Taylor Fritz, he loves going, starting the season in Monte Carlo, playing every one of these events. How's, how's he feeling right now heading into tomorrow? Yeah, he lost in Houston last week. But, look, Taylor's not afraid to travel, loves to play everywhere. If it was up to him, he'd play every week. Doesn't matter where it is. I think it pays dividends to get used to the clay, to be fresh. Now he's at a different stage in his career, different level. So got to be a little bit more disciplined about the scheduling, which will come and which will happen. But I think it's great for all the young Americans to get as much experience as they can over there. Four Americans are playing Monte Carlo this year, Andy. Why do you think we haven't seen it so much in the past? You only made two trips. Well, I mean, for me personally, I, Monte Carlo wasn't a, a, an event where I had the highest ceiling, right? So I, I was big on preparation, big on training, wanted to make sure my fitness was always there. So obviously run from Australia through the end of Miami. Those were tournaments that I felt like I could be effective in. Monte Carlo, not as high as the season. Uh, I knew Wimbledon was around the corner. So for me, I kind of built my year a little bit differently. And, and frankly, Taylor Fritz is going to have to start saying, hey, listen, where are my best results going to come? If I'm playing three or four matches further every single week now because I'm on the, the cusp of being a top 10 guy, that changes the dynamic than when you were playing one, two, hopefully three, and maybe if you have you know one of the two or three best weeks of your year, you're playing six or seven. As the match count goes up, you might have to make some adjustments, but you can do that on the fly. Obviously, if he's there in Monte Carlo, the ankle feels good again. The leg feels good. He feels healthy. But it's going to be something that if only he had some legendary coach to lean on who could give him some advice on how to, how to manage his schedule. <laughs> who might that be? Look, I think Andy's spot on. And, and, and for Andy, it was way different, right? Andy's Grand Slam champion, number one in the world, perennial top five. So he's got to periodize his schedule so he's ready for Roland Garros and then ready for Wimbledon. Right now, for 
the young Americans while they're still learning and building, I think you play more to feel comfortable. But Taylor is now at the stage where those conversations have to come, where you go, you know what, you're going to skip some things to do the preparation and build up. So good luck, good luck, Mike Russell. I'm leaning on you to make all those points. Taylor Fritz, the first American to win Indian Wells since 2001. Will he be the first American to win Monte Carlo since? Hugh Stewart. Hugh. Hugh. That was my second guess. Roddick will never forget Hugh Stewart. (laughs) Shout out to Hugh. For Andy and Paul, I'm Steve. Thanks for watching TC Live. Our coverage of the Monte Carlo Masters continues next.